internet land and welcome back to another DD vibe tribe productions this time around we are doing city of mist a tabletop rpg that is steeped in mystery mythos and of course like any good game shenanigans i will be your master of ceremonies for this campaign a quick introduction about myself. My name is Mikey, a.k.a. Pop Culture Geek, all over the internets, on the TikToks, the Twitters, and the Instagrams. Before we get into character creation, I would love to give my players a chance to introduce themselves, talk a little bit about their experience with tabletop RPGs, and what they're most excited for. Hi, I'm Wesley. I got about... I started playing RPGs when I was 17, so I got 18 years of experience in it. Mostly Pathfinder, but no, I'm I'm stoked. Like, I don't know, but uh, I don't know exactly what I'm excited about. But I'll tell you for a fact, it's this world is amazing. It's just the what could come out of it and how much trouble we can get ourselves in is unbelievable. Like little goals. Hello, everyone. I am Echo. My RPG experience in total started about. Three years ago, I have mostly a bunch of expansion books in the background over here. <laughs> I've DM'd some games. I have been, this will technically be the third podcast which I appeared in. But, yeah, this is going to be fun. And uh, I am the guy who bought the ultimate kit, so I'm probably uh, going to have to send stuff. Hello, friends. You can call me Devin. I'm Merlin NV or the at Bard podcast over on TikTok. Been playing tabletop RPGs for 10 years. Started in Pathfinder, but now I literally play everything. And I love one shots above all else. But we're here to dive in a city of mist and see what we can get into or get out of or cause. Lots of, or both. <laughs> D, all the above. Hello, Internet. I am Josh, a.k.a. NG Preacher on TikTok. And that's about it. <laughs> I don't have anything else. The sure. purpose of tonight's episode is to create your guys' characters for City of Mist. We are going to create your individual characters, but also we're going to briefly touch upon how you guys work together and create your crew tags as well as your mythos tags. To begin, each of you guys, if you are... Looking at your physical or your digital book of the player's guide, we are going to be using that to help create your characters. So as my players get their materials ready for you lovely listeners, City of Mist essentially is one of those interesting games. It is a noir type of style investigative tabletop RPG where our players will be solving different cases and different mysteries. What makes this unique in the sense is that each of our players will be what we call in the city of Mist. They have a mythological creature or person or relic or anything from mythology, fairy tale, any you name it. And they have been essentially given these powers and depending on how in touch they are with them determines on how powerful they are connected to it with character creation. The first step that is always very important is to figure out your concept or what mythos or legends that your character awakened to. Since I'm mostly Irish, I decided to go for a little bit of Celtic. And I decided from my book of research 
I chose Dagda, basically the all-father of the Irish pantheon. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I was reading through the book and I'm like, the Irish god of life and death. And then I did research and it just kept on going on and on. It was a journey, I will say that. It was a journey. Yeah, since I am basically entirely of Celtic stock, I went with Cernos, the god of the hunt, the god of the wild, and the god of banging. So I had no choice but to take him. It was a law. <laughs> Here for his, his title. The horned one, the lord of the wild things. The horny one is more like it. <laughs> I'm not saying anything about anything. Alrighty, so since we're on you, Josh, let's help you figure it out. So, what were some ideas that you have for your mythos as you're rediscovering this all now? <laughs> In all honesty, I wasn't really paying attention because I was trying to on my phone. We have, I know. We, have we have Dagda, the supreme Irish god, and then we we have the horned one because I don't know how to say his name. I'm sorry, Jeff. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm going to go with Odin. Oh, God. Two all-fathers in one group. Oh, no. <laughs> this, this is going to be fun. So, Odin. going to be fun. <laughs> Not really, and we'll get into why in a little bit. But So, are you set on Odin, Josh? Let's go. <laughs> now we have two all-fathers in the group and the supreme gods of the Pantheon. So, I am actually going to be going out of the familiar playbook. My Mythowai is going to be Archimedes the Owl, the familiar to Merlin the Wizard, Mirrodin Wilt, the actual living bard that existed back in the 500 BCs. So, can be running that playbook. All right. So, Dogda, Serenudos, Archimedes, and Odin. Oh boy. Now that we have our mythos, the cool thing about City of Mist is our player characters are going to have to learn to balance their awakened mythos with their day-to-day -day lives, or what this game's called logos. On top of your mythos, we also need to figure out what your character's logos are, what they do in their everyday, quote-unquote, human lives. Echo, when yep. Dagna is not manifesting himself into your character... What does your character do in their day-to-day -day life? Cory O'Reilly is... He mostly runs a bar, an old Irish pub because can't really do anything else without getting in trouble because of what he's done in his past. He's a single father. And he's just trying to get, get through this world a little bit as blood as possible at the current moment. Continuing with the same order, Wes, what does your character's everyday life look like? Jack McGear, just goes by Mac, is a construction worker by day and uh, just regular everyday guy by night. So moved to Paintown as an immigrant and decided from another country and said, you know what, I'm going to go back home and never got there. So, Josh, with Odin... What does your character do for an everyday living? Friedrich Smith, he actually works as a canine handler. And he's been noticing that a lot of the canines have been having some uh, Nordic names. He's noticed that a couple of the new canines that have been coming in 
for him to train. Our name is Loki and Thor, for instance. So he's he, he, he's wondering. It's okay. This is just getting a little too suspicious. Friedrich, he's he he's on his own. His mother and father passed away. So it is literally just him. He doesn't have any siblings. He doesn't have a wife or anything. So it's just literally him and his work. Mm, I really like the canine handler bit. It gives me some ideas for later. Friedrich, well, is, K- is the canine handler, would you say he is canine for the city's police force? Yes. If I would have been told that my mythos would have tied into my everyday life, I would have probably chosen Cerberus instead of Odin, but it, I think oh, it's a little too late now. Oh, trust me, I can still make that work. Just you wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can do whatever you want. That—that's the thing. You can. Ch- this is session zero. You can change it if you want right now. Okay, if it's all right with everybody else, I would like to change it to Cerberus. And finally, for Archimedes, <laughs> what does every day look like for your character, Devin? Yeah, so my actual character's name is Marvin Wilt, and he is a junior archivist at Payne Town Museum of Natural History. He's a magician. <laughs> I thought about it. There was a moment where I thought about a birthday mu- magician. Honestly, that would have been really cool, but either way it works, so. Archivist. Yeah, specifically a junior archivist. I want him to have a really shitty boss. I literally, in my head, it's Milo Thatch from Atlantis. Uh, Now that we have the basic of your mythos and your logos, there are two questions specifically that we're going to answer in regards to all that, because these are actually going to help me figure out how I want your personal arcs to go through this campaign. First question for everyone, why did your mythos manifest through your character? So what was the reason that said mythos manifested through you <laughs> I'll, I'll go first fine <laughs> Corey stole the mythos from a museum now the question is d- which museum did he steal it from <laughs> it was a giant log looking thing so i'm guessing the natural history museum so it manifested because you stole something no with- i stole the mythos gotcha stole the mythos cool i'll go go for it It is a generational thing. Every generation will manifest some aspect of the Mirrodin Wilt saga. And I got Archimedes. It was uh, attempted mugging. And whenever he went to fight back, horns grew out of his head. And next thing you know, it it wasn't pretty for the, the mugger. So I guess you could call it duress. It showed up under duress. Josh, for your character... Why did your mythos manifest? <laughs> well, being a canine handler, it just happened. It mainly happened when he got his recent canine partner because unfortunately life happens and his previous partner had to retire. But he noticed that the tag on this new canine was named Cerberus. That takes care of that question. Next one. And this one's actually going to play a really interesting part in this campaign. And that question is, for your characters, what is their secret pain? Secret (laughs) pain? Yes. You know this. You already know what it is. 
of course I know it, but they don't, and our listeners don't. <laughs> I, okay. It would be Corey's dead life. I said that correctly, right? The past is dead and buried. <laughs> so, Corey's past. He's, uh, he's homesick. He wants to go back home. What Friedrich's concern is, is he was an only child. His father was an only child. And being in a potentially very hazardous profession, if something was to happen to him, his family name is gone. So the loneliness and the erasure of generation. Interesting. Devin, (laughs) what is Marvin's secret pain? He has a hard time interpersonally, has a hard time making friends, finds it very hard to communicate with others, but has no problem diving into a book, communicating with like animals, things of the sort, but people he just really struggles with. Now we get into the fun part, which is picking your themes. With City of Mist, the way that it works is each of you guys gets a choice of how closely connected to your guys' mythos you are. For this campaign, I am definitely outlawing no one is going to be avatar status because that will just be a lot. Remember, your mythos is how connected you are to your legendary powers, and logos is representative of how connected to your humanity or your mundane abilities, your qualities, and stuff like that. Each of you guys has a choice between three different kind of level of awareness you are to your mythos. Starting from the bottom up, if you are touched, that means you're slightly or you have a vague sense of your mythos. That would be one mythos theme and three logos. Borderliner means that you are more aware and you are more in touch with it, which gives you two mythos and two logos. And then there's legendary. You still have that shred of humanity in you, but you are closer and closer to giving fully into your mythos, which gives you three mythos and one logos. That's where we're going to start. So how in touch is each of your guys's character to their mythos? <laughs> because of events of the past variety, Corey is only awakened. He only has one mythos. At the current moment. Corey is going to be awakened. I will do uh, Borderline. Ooh, I love that. Borderline. He's, he's Borderline, too. Borderline. And finally, for Frederick. What was the level where you're just finding out about it? What was that? Awaken? Touched. <laughs> or touched. I'm sorry. But yeah, we'll go with that one. Okay. Because like I said, just out of the blue, he got a new canine partner and his name was Cerberus. Now that we have your initial awareness, we figure out your mythos themes. What that includes is each mythos, you can pick a theme based on your legend. The following mythos themes come from the core book, but with the expansion, there's also some additional ones. But for the starting mythos, you can pick Adaptation. Bastion, which is more for defense, divination for information, expression, offense or ability to alter reality, mobility for movement, a relic, which is a powerful item that activated your mythos, and of course, subversion, which is mostly for stealth and deceit. 
the other two mythos from the backup book is the Enclave and the Familiar. Wes, I'm going to pick on you a little bit, only because I know for sure we talked about the different themes and myth for Mac. So for his mythos, what did you pick for Mac? Say I used the expansion book and I used the archetype, like the ways you can run off an archetype. And Mm -hmm. uh, his are animal shape-shifting and rage. So (laughs) just a meat shield. Echo, what have you got for Corey? For Corey, I chose the relic. I could have chosen three from Dauda. I did not listen to the book suggestion of taking the cauldron. I took his club. Yeah, um, when you told me that, I was just like, oh god, what are we about to get into? I, 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 I basically, I have the Irish super weapon. <laughs> I have the Irish version of Thor's hammer. Devin, if you are okay with it, what have you got, my friend? <laughs> and it's two, correct? Yes, so for Borderline, it is two Mythos and two Logos, so we're starting with the Mythos. <laughs> okay, so for Mythos, I have uh, Divination and Relic. And the Relic is going to be a sliver of Merlin's Wizard Staff that has been fitted into a really nice ballpoint pen. So, like, the casing of it or, like, where the actual handhold would be is the, the wood from that. Last but certainly not least, Frederick, we just need to come up with one Mythos theme for you since you are touched. <laughs> I am definitely going to need help with because I have no idea. Like I said, uh, I'm, I'm flying blind. <laughs> am I allowed to intervene? You can yeah. offer suggestion because I have an idea, too. <laughs> I'm going to say maybe the familiar mythos because you literally have the hound of hell with you. True. And that's what the that's what the familiar mythos does. It's like here's your mythical partner in crime. Here's your animal companion. Here you go. Now that we picked mythos, we got some logos to do. Remember, logos themes are what tie you to your humanity. Or things that tie you to that human mundane side of things. A couple of logos themes that could potentially fit into this is a defining event, a defining relationship, a mission, personality, possessions, routine, training. Basically, it's what describes what makes your character human. <laughs> I've got to start the train off again. Woohoo. <laughs> and this is one trait which I have had created the for the longest time i'm going to do turf which is basically just hey i'm the ruler of this block i'm the man in charge and i'm doing the irish bar the irish pub (laughs) is the turf the defining relationship would have to be him taking care of his two daughters the last one I want to change to training, and I can finally reveal more backstory now. Mobster. <laughs> Corey's an ex Irish mobster. Yeah, when you told me that, I'm just like, I cannot wait. <laughs> I, 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 I'm surprised I kept it a secret this long into the session. Alrighty. So, Corey, you have your turf, you have your defining relationship. I got my training. 
as life of an Irish mobster. Yep. His logos are the finding relationship, which is his girlfriend, <laughs> which is a reason why he hasn't gone home. And I think we talked about she's a sleeper. I think we talked about that. Yes. So he, Max's girlfriend is a sleeper. And I went with personality because he can talk his way out of most things, sort of, sometimes, occasionally, once in a while. But yeah, I went with that one. Next up, Devin. Yeah, so I'm going to roll with uh, Defining Relationship. Her name is Miriam, and she is the other junior archivist at the museum. We do not get along. It's like that uh, healthy, friendly rivalry to do better, be more. And then my other one is going to be Possessions, which is the items in the museum and the archives that he may or may not steal. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a trip if somehow Marvin ended up unknowingly giving the club to Corey? <laughs> I'm not opposed to Marvin being like a mythical arms dealer at some point. So let's just keep that in our repository of info. Yes, I'm writing this down. <laughs> that just leaves Frederick. We need to come up with three logos for you, my good sir. Of course, one would have to be training. Because after all, Friedrich is uh, in the police department. And like he said, I guess uh, Turf being one of them with the police station. Makes sense, especially if you have Cerberus. Yeah. And possessions. So. Even, even though his family is gone, he of course he still has photographs. He, he still has some trinkets that his mother had. And if I can, I would like to have a weapon as a possession, if that's all possible. Why am I not surprised that you asked that? <laughs> the, the weapon that I want is called a German drilling, which is a three-barreled shotgun. Technically, it's a double-barrel shotgun, and the third barrel is actually a rifle. I'm not opposed to it, but I am going to put a little caveat on it. I will say that this possession is a family heirloom. But it's an heirloom, so it's more for show than actual practicality. So I'm cool with that. Yes. <laughs> All right. So heirloom. So we got that. Now that we picked our themes, we get to go through each of these themes using their theme books and create some power tags. Power tags are aspects of these themes. That are usually short and specific descriptions, usually one to three words, that kind of describe the quality, ability, how you use the resource, how it gets you out of the situation, things like that. There are tag questions for each of your mythos and your logos. We are going to start with the tags for each of these with Corey. So we'll start with the mythos. So what power tags did you have for that? I only have one in mind. Okay. <laughs> that is because I'm using the actual myth for this one. Mm -hmm. Super super strength. That is true. So super strength. So I named the super strength. How else could I use the... Well, name another way in which you can use the same feature. When it comes to power tags, again, the power tags are just specific or short descriptions about it. Describing their quality, yeah. the ability, 
the actual object itself, all that um, kind of stuff. So super strength. Like another um, one could be like sturdy because it is dog does hammer. <laughs> it is, it's his bat, but yeah, I'm gonna put I'll put sturdy, mm. and then I'm going to one of the cosmetic attributes and say it could change its shape. Okay, so shape change. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I can easily say, "Oh, it's a cane." I, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not a weapon. That is true. So that brings it up. I will say, shape change is working, and it can change into more mundane objects. Weapons are going to have to be something different, but I'm okay with the shape change. <laughs> we move on to your logos. Which also get three. <laughs> yep. Let's see. The first one is the Irish bar. So the turf. I'm going to save for the Irish bar. I've got context, contacts everywhere. Your contacts are your source of information then. Yep. Okay. What else you got? I'm going to say regulars. Like these are the people who come in daily. I'm like, hey! Hey, Jim, it's nice to see you. How's the wife and kids doing? Very charming. And then and one more. The last one. I'm going to ask you this. An armory. Now. <laughs> I asked, at least. I tried. I'm not against the armory, but we need to figure out what exactly is in there. You don't have a large armory, so that's out the window for sure. Yeah, no, it's like like my thing for the armory. It's like some Irish mobs members come in. There's weapons there if you need to hold out or like you need a weapon quickly. But it's not. Oh, here's the Barrett, which you needed. Or <laughs> here's the goddamn bazooka. My good friends. It's like that. It's like a small armory. It's got some handguns. It might have a shotgun. It might have a couple of rifles. It's not a big place. I'm putting small armory. So small armory, and I will say it's your basics like crowbars, small yeah. handguns, stuff like that. The, the small armory will be in quotes the back room. <laughs> so no bazooka. Listen, we are not blowing things up. Session one. <laughs> That comes later. Question, what time period is this again? We as a group decide. I personally am cool with whatever. I can make it work. I have figured modern setting would probably be the easiest to do. So like I access to information. But that is completely up to you. And I definitely can rework things. I, I like the modern day idea. That's me. <laughs> okay. Okay. We can do that. Is everyone cool with the modern day setting? Modern day with. The city of mist twist. <laughs> so like for you guys will have cell phones, you can call like there's Internet, things like that. <laughs> Alrighty, so modern day setting. I'm going to training, though. What power tag have you came up with for the training? Uh, uh, violent life. He is a monster. He is a mobster. He knows how violence interacts with life. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that idea, but I want to see if we could narrow it down more specifically because violent life is broad. Yeah, I could say, oh, I'm fighting this person and I can use it for I'm intimidating this person. How about we change violent life to violence is life 
or way of the trade, I think would be good. Wait, like, wait, you know, uh, tactics wait. and things like that to be able to use your past to your benefit in the present. Like yes. violent upbringing or something. Ways of the trade. Yeah. I, th- I want, I know another title from his past because he's retired. See, secret weapon. He He's like, I'm retired and I don't exist in the crime world until <laughs> I am needed. Okay, so secret. He's the Irish John Wick. So secret weapon. So secret weapon. Again, I like that and I see where you're going for, but let's see if we can make it more specific. So secret weapon. He's retired. Let's see. Ex elite. <laughs> Maybe. I'm trying to think of something here. I like the idea if we gave the attack veteran. You have mostly retired from the life, but because of the legacy you have built, you are still considered, you know, part of the lifestyle. And when the time comes, you will come out of retirement to help if you need be. <laughs> Corey has lived a very long life. <laughs> Last uh, one for training. I'm debating if I should put it impro- improvised fighting. Basically, you're just taking the tavern brawler feed from and throwing it into this game. Oh, jeez. Honestly, that's what we're calling it. I'm calling it tavern brawler. So, when in doubt, throw the fists out. Now, we get to the finding relationship. The daughters. Uh, I'm going to need help with this. I only have one tag already in mind. Because I told you what one of the dollars mythos is, and I'm is that one allowed? I will say for your daughter, you could use that mythos, but obviously just... to a small extent because she is just barely aware of it, but aware he... to it nonetheless. I was going to say arcane knowledge then? When you say arcane knowledge, are you referring to more of if anything per se is magical in terms of actual magic? Or artifact-wise, or what kind of arcane knowledge? Magic-wise. So she basically like a... And this is the nice way of putting it. Is basically she's like a magical Tao, in a sense. Like, she senses magic. She senses it, but she can't define it. Yep. Corey is able to know that there's magic afoot, but he would need to investigate to learn the extent of it. Yeah, Corey's... I don't understand magic. I punch things. This is another, then I, this came up as I was thinking it. Kari knows how to do home cooking. It's, I want to give it a funny name, but I don't know if you're okay with it. He's a dad. So I'm thinking of kiss the chef. I am. I'm <laughs> like, that tack, like that tacky I, apron. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it. Kiss the chef. Anything in regards to culinary, at least home culinary Corey's got the basic understanding of the kitchen. The last tag, I just thought of it. You know what one of his secrets are. That I do. Can I do that as the tag? Knowledge of musicals. Secret show tunes. (laughs) I'm taking that. Secret show tunes. Devin, if you're okay with it, we can go through and for the tags for you. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Okay, and then just to make sure I understand this, so being the borderliner, having two mythos, I will have three tags for each mythos. 
Everyone gets four tags. Borderliner, you get two Mythos and two Logos. We get to figure out your two Mythos tags for your two Mythos themes, and then we work on the power tags for the two Logos that you picked. Okay, so then it's two for Divination in this example, and then two for Relic. Or is it just two overall? Just two overall. One for Divination, and then one for Relic. Gotcha. Okay. So for Divination, I'm going to go with instant book reading. But since we're in the modern era, can we apply it to a website page? So if he goes to a Wikipedia page, he can instantly just that one Wikipedia page, not like all of Wikipedia. Yes, that works for me. Instant reading, which will encompass both physical and digital. Cool. And then for the relic, I'm torn between two. One, I want to go with something like generational knowledge. Since the MythY has technically been generational, maybe calling upon past generations information if they've been a part of any kind of investigation, what have you, or just the simple, it's the staff of Merlin and it can do some magic-y shit. Okay. I like that first idea of being like generational knowledge. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think. It is the pen. It is encased mm-hmm. in the wood from the staff. So that's where I'm torn between the two. But it's, it's an heirloom. So it would have passed down through everyone that has been embodied by the mythoi. It can't technically be both. It is a <laughs> relic. That's why I'm deferring to you here, Mikey, because I don't want it to be like, oh, yeah, I've got the ultimate pen of badassery and I can do whatever the fuck I want because I'm Merlin here. So just what do you think would situationally work? better because i'm cool with being like a supporty informational gathering kind of character and not necessarily just come in with fireball (laughs) i have an idea follow me on this track real quick because this is a generational thing and it's been passed down for generation to generation i'm thinking maybe there could be a possible power tag of a glimpse of the past your ancestors experienced something different with the pen you get a glimpse or a bit of information of the past of something similar that your crew and your characters are going through to see if there's any knowledge to help you with that. Yeah, no, I love it. (laughs) But it's just a glimpse, so it's like part of it, but you have to interpret it based on what... Yeah, I know. Yeah, I like that. With those mythos, you get three power tags for all of them. We get to do two more for your mythos for each, for divination and for relic. For divination, we have instant reading. And then we can come up with two more. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay, so for divination, we'll do Whispers of Ancient History. Uh, One out of the the book that I really liked. And then how does knowing someone's like weakness or a vice? The modern day Cumberbatch interpretation of Sherlock just being like, oh, you've got dirt under your fingernails. You roll your own tobacco kind of thing. That kind of falls under, like, basic insight. (laughs) Supreme insight! (laughs) Yeah. Ooh. If you want to go with it, because if it's supreme insight, I would say... Oh! You said that your familiar is basically an owl. So, uh, it's... I'm being embodied by Archimedes, which is part of Merlin's whole thing. Okay, because what I'm thinking is because we know that owls tend to, in nature, tend to be very observant, and they are symbols of knowledge. I would say owl, like owl eyes, is the equivalent to like being having an eagle eye. You're very insightful. <laughs> I'm down with that. Now we just come up with two more for your relic. So one of the ones I'd like to go with is appears in hand. 
mm-hmm. no matter where in the world it is or I am, I can summon it to my hand. And then I'll just go with with Staff of Merlin. But because I'm being embodied by the spirit of Archimedes, I'll just say he's really bad with magic outside of cantrip level shit. It's just like wild magic. (laughs) No, it would fit because like the original interpretation of Merlin, he's literally called the mad or the wild. (laughs) And he just lived with the wild creatures and played with firecrackers, essentially. I like the bad with magic one, but... If you're okay with it, I think that would be more of a weakness tag. (laughs) Yeah, I was actually thinking instead of Staff of Merlin, let's go with Wild Magic here. I think it gives us both the opportunity to really play with it. Wild Magic works, and then we can use the bad with magic part (laughs) for a weakness tag. Now we just got to go through your two logos, and they also each get three. Okay, so the first one I have here for possessions is something that helps being able to find an item from the museum that might help in the situation. I've seen this before, either through reading or years of being at the museum. If we come across anything unusual, arcane or mysterious, might be able to recall a bit of information about it, myth, rumor, etc. And then last one for your possessions. Uh, that's where I left off. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. Ooh, ooh, how about this? Unregistered warehouse. I know where all of the items that have not been checked into the museum are held. So essentially, he is warehouse 13 in this thing. Yeah. God, I love that show. <laughs> Thank you. Good callback. I, I am. Now we go to your second logos. Defining relationship. So with Miriam, I have phone a friend. Uh, if Marvin <laughs> doesn't know a thing, he will call Miriam begrudgingly for information or insight. Uh, I love it. All right, that works for me. Cool. So just rolling down. Let's go with this one. Let's go with con artist. She's the one that taught him how to uh, smuggle things out of the museum. But which criminal group does she belong to? (gasps) Bum bum to be revealed in episode two. (laughs) I love this. Give me some good ideas. All right. So con artist. And then one more. Let's go with masking he he will have an internal dialogue of what would miriam do here because she's more the the loosey-goosey run with it fireball kind of a character where he might be a little more straight laced okay so the masking definitely i like that idea but if you would help me figure out the specificities so he would think so marvin would figure out what miriam would do and how would that be applied applicably to the situation at hand so my thought is it's a face-to-face altercation and the other guy's just intimidating. I can, you know, recall a conversation with Miriam where she's like, oh, you need to stand up more and broaden out your chest. Like you're a, you know, a big guy or a tall guy, just quit slouching. And it's like, oh, and then stand up, impose his full height of thing. <laughs> okay, that I can do. So masking will work. I was just wondering, I just had you give me an example because I was like, I like this idea, Got to figure out how we turn it into actual stuff. So that works for me. That actually takes care of Marvin's tags. (laughs) All right. That is awesome. All right. So next up, Mac. (laughs) Finally come to you, Wes. Let's start with the mythos. All right. For animal shape shifting, he has wearing animal shapes. 
Grohl natural weapons. Which would be his horns. Love it. And feral instincts. And I'm assuming that feral instincts works both in human and his more animal shape-shifting form as well. So it goes both ways, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that one. That takes care of the first mythos. The second mythos. For rage, there is tear them to pieces. Am I bleeding? Which is basically (laughs) ignore the wounds kind of thing. And then last one. Unbridled ferocity. Is this the equivalent of I would like to rage? (laughs) This is the equivalent of I'd like to rage. Yeah, I know that's exactly what it is. Now we get into the fun part of the logos. All right. For uh, personality, I'm going with uh, charming. Diffuse the tension. And last one. Likeable. It's different than charming because it's charming. You can work your way out of something. Likeable Mm -hmm. to get that first step in. Last logos. All right. For a defining relationship, it's it was just loved one, like someone just loved one. I stole that mm. one out of the books. I ran out and I could find two. Someone to trust. Okay. With someone to trust, how would you use that mechanically in a situation? Oh, I have to think. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. No, you're good. Maybe along the lines of in a situation being like, I don't know. I'm thinking because with someone to trust, like the way that I would view it is that now is Mac someone to trust or is his someone to trust the defiant person? It's a little like he's Mm -hmm. trustworthy and she's trustworthy. So that whole you could say, tell him something like, nah, I'm not telling anybody that your secret's safe with me kind of stuff. Okay, so now we're getting somewhere. I'm thinking mechanically someone to trust. I'm thinking more of this is able to keep secrets better than a normal person. Instead, Yeah. So so, instead of someone to trust, we can put something like secret keeper. (laughs) Okay. I like that. Keeper of secrets. Yes. Keeper of secrets. I like that. And then we just need to find one more. (laughs) Since someone took my home cooking, which was legitimately written down. (laughs) There could be two chefs. We have a cook off. Iron Chef, City of Mist style. I was going to go with open to suggestions on that one, but I had an idea, but it, it won't work mechanically. Well, so, what did well, you have in mind? Yeah, what, <laughs> what I had in mind was more along the lines of, since it's a defining relationship is, I don't know how to put it. It was almost like a back off, like in general, the group that will eventually become close to him. It would be like a back off situation. Don't touch them. With protective, there you go. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah, protective works. English is my first language, I swear. That takes care of Mac. And then there was one. Frederick, we need to come up with your tags. You have one mythos tag, and that is the familiar. We just need to come up with three Power tags that best describe the familiar. Since it's a dog, we have a couple of options here. Let me let me see if I got a familiar in Jen's <laughs> Let him search the archives. But that's Marvin's job. <laughs> Expect mobility suppression. Relic. Best I like man's best friend. <laughs> that, that is true. I think man's like best true. friend would work like this one. It's Cerberus, but it's a dog. Yeah, <laughs> man's best friend would work with 
Josh, are you cool with that first one? Man's best friend. Can you tell me like what? Oh, what that? Yeah, I'm good with it. I just want to know: is, is there certain things that these do, or? Just think of it like this: when you roll the dice, you add power tags to it to see if you can do it. Okay. So basically, say I'm trying to intimidate this man, and then you can say. Man's by Cerberus with man's best friend is helping me intimidate this person. Okay, okay. Which would give you a plus one. Man's best friend just encompasses all the different things that we know about dogs. They're loyal. If they love their master enough, they'll listen. They can be used to help intimidate or even defuse the situation. Because you are a canine officer, that extension of your mythos would work right there. I think man's best friend would work for the first one. Now let's come up with two more. <laughs> Sikkim. <laughs> Ooh, I like the Sikkim. Does Sikkim work for you, Josh? Yeah, sounds good. Essentially, Cerberus is going... He is the guardian of the afterlife. <laughs> then finally, we just need to come up with one more. Ooh, I just had a really brilliant idea. <laughs> yeah, I had one too. Let's hear yours. Okay, because I'm thinking... Because Cerberus is essentially... The guardian of the underworld, so I'm thinking very shadowy. I'm thinking maybe, I don't know, maybe if you have a dog whistle, you whistle it and Cerberus will, like, from the shadows appear. <laughs> shadow summon. Yeah, shadow summon. <laughs> my, my idea was, like, dog to hellhound. Ooh, so, like, when it's time to go, he goes from canine to the actual... Like yep. Hellhound Cerberus. Yep. So he goes from a cute, lovable doggo to a three-headed beast from hell. Yes. Okay. I like that a whole lot better. <laughs> I, I, I literally, like, house cat to lioness. I could work with that and change it up a little bit. I still like the idea you could use the dog whistle to signal that transformation. <laughs> or that could be a future power tag to summon it from the shadows. That takes care of the power tags for the mythos. Now, we just need to go through your three logos and create power tags for those three. And if I remember, those were turf, possessions, and training. Let's start with the training. As a K-9 officer, we just need to figure out three power tags that are good for your training. I have an idea. So obviously, even though you're just a canine officer, you still have police connections. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So accessing information in the police station may actually not be a bad idea. Stand, maybe standard issue equipment? Police connections could be one. Standard equipment could be the second one. So that includes the essentials that most police officers get. Like a gun, armor, depends. And then we'll encompass the special canine stuff too as well. So the whistle, the leash, the vest for your doggo. Yeah. Police connections and standard equipment. Are those two okay with you, Josh? Yeah, those things sound fine to me. All right. And then we just got to come up with one more for your training. Depending on how long he's been a you know, canine officer, he can go with uh, seen it before. Yeah, because I was wanting to say he had been in the department for, well, we'll say this department in particular, he's been there at least, we'll say three years, 
four years, maybe. That covers your training. Let's go to your turf. Which one has to be. I will say this being in a police department, you get the goodies. Is it the SWAT armory or is it just a. That is true. (laughs) Because I'm not going to give you access to the big stuff. (laughs) I'm not not asking for like armored personnel carriers and anti material (laughs) rifles, but uh, some canine departments actually do work with SWAT. So. They might have a little bit of access, but not to the really good stuff. Uh, then I will say that is what you, Frederick has access to. He has access to the armory, but only to the connection to the SWAT stuff. He can get everything from the regular armory, but he has limited view of the SWAT. Yeah, he can't get a hold of the high explosives or the Barretts or anything. <laughs> no! Wes, we are not having bazookas right now. <laughs> we, we can work on the bazooka, my good friend. We can work. <laughs> we'll work on it. <laughs> but would it, would it be safe to say, though, Mikey, that he would have access to, like, fully automatic rifles, heavy shotguns, ballistic shields, stuff like that? Now, I will say yes with a little asterisk next to it because... He is part of the police connections. He's able to get to said things, but to be able to use said things, when we go through weakness tags, I'm going to make that part of the weakness tag. <laughs> it's like chain of command is going, you know what? I'm doing it right now. Chain of command is the weakness tag for your training. Yeah, because- unfortunately, you have to be the good boy from time to time. They go, yes, sir. Two more for your turf. A- access through re- additional forces or whatever. Or I, I guess it, it's, that's how you would call it. I don't know. I've been out of the game a long time. I would say if you want to do that, I will take inspiration actually from my dad, who is former law enforcement. You can call the power tag like Blue Bloods because you are with other officers. You are able to call for backups. All right. Sounds good. And then one more for your turf. Huh. You could go with access because you can get into the computer systems. <laughs> Check files. True, true. Ooh, I like that. Let's see. How do we make that more specific? Personal computer. That also would work, too, because I know, especially modern officers, a lot of them get their own, crappy as it is sometimes, they get their own laptop with access to all those police files. And then last one, we just need to come up with three power tags for your possession. Heirloom gun. (laughs) Why wouldn't I? (laughs) Yeah, so heirloom gun, but obviously there's that. We just need to come up with two more power tags for your possession. Okay. Now, I know possessions also include, like, family photos, so I don't know what all could be do with... uh, could be done with those now would his uh no his home would definitely kind of be classified as turf wouldn't it yeah the possession has to do more specifically with the heirloom that we've talked about i i can see what you mean by it's the turf can be the home but you could say it could be a possession like it's a very old house that's been passed down maybe I think I can work with that, if that's all right with you, Mikey. Okay, I'm cool with it. So what are we calling this tag? Safe house. I think safe house actually would be good. 
Okay, I, uh, that 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 works for me. I was just gonna say like childhood home or something like that. It's like your safe haven. We'll go with that. That sounds good. Should things go and they will go wrong, your home or the safe haven, it provides you some security. All right, one more. I got a flash of brilliance. Oh, let's hear it. I would say now, technically, because this is an heirloom, it doesn't function properly, but. Your enemy, or when you're in a situation, they don't know that. Possibly use that heirloom as some sort of intimidation factor. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you come across a three-barreled shotgun very often anymore. Wait, I have the tag name for it. Chekhov's gun. Yes. Are we cool with Chekhov's gun to use it for intimidation? Now, if you try to fire the thing, it's not going to be pretty. But <laughs> it does. De- it can be used for intimidations. Yeah, it's an heirloom. It's broken. It never got fixed. That takes care of the power tags. But then the last thing that we have to do with said tags is now, going back through all of those, we need to create one weakness tag for each of those. <laughs> for Corey, for the training, I'm getting too old for this. Now, we just need to come up for weakness tag for his other logos and his mythos. I have an idea for the turf. Because of where it's situated, there's crime all around it. It's like the shady part of town. (laughs) Hey, we're working on it, okay? Nowhere is safe in the city of mist. (laughs) Shady part of town. Alright, so your mythos and your defining relationship. For the mythos, it's still heavy. Now for the defining relationship. I want to do something dumb. <laughs> and I want to... But I'm like... The one idea which I'm having, but I don't... But I'm like, I do I really want that is... Money troubles? But I'm not sure. I don't know. Okay. Like something more of a police officer would have to deal with is money struggle. If, yeah. I'm not against it. But the weakness tag I want to play, if it is okay with you, I would like the weakness tag to play more in terms of the relationship that Corey has with his two daughters. Now, we established that one of them is aware of the mist, even if it's just a little bit. The other one is a sleeper. I'm trying to think, because you and the daughter that is awakened to the mist have this kind of knowledge but you can't say anything to your other daughter. So I'm thinking of playing off of the weakness tag is just like something to have to do with the secrets. <laughs> I'll say like double life or uh, four secrets. Uh, I, I, I like double life. Because I don't think Corey has told them. Oh, yes, I was a, I was a famous Irish mobster. He's trying to be a good dad, so I don't think he would ever say. And that double life can also come into play when it comes to the personal relationships, too, especially with your sleeper daughter. A quick sidebar, because this actually is going to help me later down the line. Around what age range are Corey's daughters? Um, they're they're in their teens. Okay. Corey's old. He's no longer in his prime. He's going down. Devin, if you are cool with it, we shall create the witness. Yeah, totally. So for divination, I put only a glimpse or foggy when he calls upon any kind of we have the glimpse of the past, 
instant book reading, Owl Eyes, and Whispers of Ancients. It could just be that he gets a glimpse of it and has to do a little bit of legwork on interpretation. For Relic, I did Bad at Magic. <laughs> For Possessions, I did Difficult to Access, just because it's a museum, it's a lockdown warehouse, etc., and then for defining relationship, I have a uh, rivalry built on cruelty. My idea for this is she is very mean to him, very callous, very cruel to him. And he's just, but I want to be friends. <laughs> Mac, to Mythos and to Logos, let's figure out these weakness tags. <laughs> All right. For uh, animal shape-shifting, I went with animalistic habits. For uh, rage, I went with uh, holding back because sometimes he's not... You know, he's trying not to beat someone to death. I like that. Now, if I may, because the holding back part, depending on who it is, could we possibly change that to scene red? Yeah, I do like that. <laughs> I like the scene red because the myth that bulls get angry when they see the color red, though scientifically that's not true. <laughs> well, so I've never seen the color red, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will buy you that special pair of glasses so you can finally see the color red. For a defining relationship, it's fear of disappointing. That's tough. Fear of disappointing. Why, why haven't you joined the Irish? You have so much potential. Why haven't you joined it yet? <laughs> I'm already disappointing people. I haven't even started anything. So, And for, uh, for personality, I went bad-timed joke. Oh, oh no. Dad joke. All day. These aren't regular puns. These are turbo puns. These are puns of steel. It started. Oh, it's starting. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Dad jokes is probably one of the funniest things that I've ever seen to be used as a weakness tag. And then oh, uh, I cannot wait to start riffing on that. Is That just leaves Frederick. One Mythos weakness tag, and then three Logos. Let's start with your Mythos. A weakness tag for your familiar, for Cerberus. Ah. Uncontrollable? I don't really want to say uncontrollable, but something along the lines of that. Hard-headed, maybe? Wolf instincts. Yeah, as a, as a weakness? Yeah, because a wolf wants to hunt. You're not just going to say, hey, boy, stop. The wolf's going to keep on hunting and try to kill this thing. Ooh, instead of wolf instincts, because of the lore behind Cerberus, I'm thinking of Thrill of the Kill. <laughs> because technically, Cerberus takes the souls of, to the afterworld, so Thrill of the Kill. I believe we already put turf down chain of command. Yeah. Police station would give you access to all the goodies <laughs> without some sort of thing. Be like, all this paperwork oh, I gotta do. Listen, my dad worked in the prison system, so he's happy he doesn't have to do paperwork no more. Oh my god, I always hated paperwork. The I'm amount sorry. of files. <laughs> Weakness tags for training and possessions. Okay, let's see here. Possessions if you want to hear it. Let's hear it. Run down. That is true. It is run yeah. down. Yeah, I like run down. But Josh, is that cool with you? Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine with me. 
somewhere along the way it got beaten and bruised and it's just you can start to see the rust <laughs> which leaves your final weakness also, tag of training so training you say i think earlier we mentioned stress i believe it was oh yeah that, that could deal with like long hours like bad pay stressful situations of course <laughs> lack of a social life maybe i will say we will use stress but to make it more specific Stress of the job. Perfect. Now comes mystery and identities. Mysteries and identities are what drive your guys' character to take action. Every mythos theme has a mystery, which is basically a question that your character is seeking answers for. And every logos theme has an identity, which is a statement in which your character strongly believes. I have, I may have the mystery. For Corey, what will his mystery be? Why me? Out of anyone who could pick up the stick and awaken it, why me? Now we just need to come up with the identities for the logos, which essentially is a statement in which your character strongly believes in. For the training, I am Irish. So we got two more logos to figure out to your turf and your defining relationships. I believe for the relationships is this is what I have to protect. Like the daughters are the main goal. Their safety is what he believes in. And then finally, your turf. This is home. Mac, we have two mythos and two logos. So what have you got for me, good sir? The mystery I'm using for animal shape-shifting is what have I become? Because this is still catches them off guard every single time it happens. I'm interested to see how you answered this. Your question for rage. Why so furious? For a defining relationship, it's nothing will hurt her slash them if I can help it. Taking the meat shield job seriously. <laughs> and then personality. Uh, a laugh a day and uh, all that jazz. That's exactly how it's going to be. A laugh a day and all that jazz. That's exactly how I wrote it, too. And all that jazz. Cool. That was a little homage to a secret show tunes from... Uh... <laughs> I enjoy musicals personally. That's why I did the secret show tunes thing. It's a good call, man. It's funny as hell, to be honest with you. I love it. This technically is a part of character creation, but really quickly. Would Corey have, like, playbills? At home, like somewhere. Yes. Frederick, now it's your turn. That's me. Let's start with your mythos. I have a stupid one. Oh, no. (laughs) What the hell? Hyphen hound. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So what the hell hyphen hound? I love it. But Josh, that is up to you if you want to go that route. I am mad at you guys because you thought of that and I didn't. That's why we're here. Character creation is a group effort. Let's go with the next question. For your logos, these are statements that your character truly believes in when it comes to their logos themes. Let's start with training. What would a statement or identity be in which your character strongly believes about their training? The city is my family. I protect my family. 
Next statement. We have turf and possessions. Okay. Being a police <laughs> officer, his his uh, precinct would pretty much be his home away from home. And for uh, possessions and everything, I would like to say Edelweiss. Because his mother had a little brooch with an Edelweiss flower on it. So every time he goes home and he sees that brooch, it reminds him of, of his family that he's lost. So it kind of picks him up at the end of the day, knowing he's making his family proud. That takes care of the individual character creation. Now, the last thing that we are going to do is we are going to create your theme for your crew. So somehow we have to connect you four in some sort of way that makes sense for why you guys would all be within the same vicinity or hanging out together. So there's two different ways we could go about this. I, I was going to come up with the stupid theme thing of unlikely alliance. Listen, like that will work for me because I was going to say there's two options. We can either basically use the suggestion from the book, but I like the unlikely alliance as one if everyone's cool with that. Because even if you're looking at not the like mythos part of it as logos it's construction worker ex-mobster bartender police officer archivist at a museum not normally four people that hang out together now we need to create <laughs> three power tags for this crew one weakness tag so let's start with our power tags what are three power tags that we can use for this crew hear me out i'm hearing Okay, okay. I'm going to say this. We have two Celts, a Greek, and someone from England. I was going to say European knowledge. Like, just that general myth area, considering our group. Honestly, I don't hate it. <laughs> I'll say, in all honesty, Mac is a Irish immigrant, so... Alright. I'm Friedrich Van German immigrant. Alright, European <laughs> knowledge... Two other power tags for the Unlikely Alliance. I don't know how to word it, but I have an idea. Now, because using archetypes and tropes from various media formats, usually the Unlikely Alliance also equates to, like, the unassuming or, like, when things happen, people won't assume that there's any connection. So, unassuming. <laughs> I would have to agree with that. Yeah, I like that idea. So, that's a good one. All four of your characters come from very different backgrounds and walks of life that no one would suspect you guys of being up to something if all of you were together. Standing so. next to a former mobster next to a burning building. The rest of the police department <laughs> shows up. Oh, that was already like that when we got here. If we're, if we're talking about anything, Corey will be gone from that somehow before the police <laughs> comes. Say so will Mac because it takes a while for the horns to go away, so that would be hard to explain. <laughs> You're cosplaying. It's a growth. And then last power tag. Fill the gaps, because we each have different strengths and different uh, that yeah. we'd be able to fill each yeah. other's, you know, the whole You're the proverbial Swiss army knife. <laughs> we are basically, yeah. Yeah, you're the shield. I'm the muscle. You're the contact man, preacher. I'm sorry yeah. to say it. And, and Merlin's literally the researcher. Okay, if everyone's cool with it, I love the, the I love the power tag be called Swiss Army Knife. <laughs> yes, I like that. I like that. Swiss Army Knife. 
Now comes the weakness tag. <laughs> oh, okay. Hear me out. Maybe day jobs is a weakness. Now, I like the day jobs, but we need to be... So how specifically would that be a weakness? Corey's going to run a bar. He's not really going to be able to go, hey, guys, let's go hunting for this killer at nighttime. No, I got to run a bar. Thank you. Hey, for Friedrich, if, if it helps, I could say that Friedrich mainly works the graveyard shift. It's like they're working day shift. I work night shift. Well, say I know the idea for Mac was he was going to be working the night shift doing road construction. So are we all working night shift? All but Merlin because he works at a museum. They're not normally open at night. We're all bone tired. Like, work- I don't want to do this. We all work night shift. So as soon as the sun comes up, I don't want to deal with this. So we we can either do something with the tired or just because I think the irony of it is just, just like the schedule monster doesn't allow you guys to line up for all of you to meet <laughs> with, with, without getting in trouble with our jobs. <laughs> Te- technically, technically, Corey <laughs> could leave the bartending for a little bit. Criminal activities. All right. Weakness tag. How do we want to call it? <laughs> schedule monster. <laughs> the schedule monster. Wait, do you want to tell you something? I actually thought about this. Preacher, you're a cop, right? You can get us into the crime scenes if we need it. I And I would know the criminal context. And Mac would just flash the driver's license. <laughs> I think what also would help, too, for Mac is because that's something we can flesh out more, too, is just that we haven't established what Mac's girlfriend does for a living, so that could be also something we can figure out. I didn't think of that. She's a rock star. Yo. Low-key. So, I just had a very bad idea, and this is my age showing, in the sense. Because, okay, behind-the-scenes stuff, me and Wes have been going through ideas to be like, how would we describe Mac's girlfriend? And so, I was, one day, I was just like, here's some random, like, artist work of what Disney princesses would look like in the modern day. And, like, I sent him one of... Is it okay if I share this, Wes? It, yeah, of course. Yeah, go okay. ahead. Okay. Okay. So one of them was Sally for a uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, and he's yes. <laughs> oh wow! So just now, follow my train of thought here. Taking that idea, and you jokingly suggested the rock star. I'm just like, is she basically a hex girl from Scooby Doo? Yes, please. <laughs> she is a famous rock star. We'll come up with the bad name, but she is a. But she's part of a gothic or like a uh, rock star. Depending on how much you're actually pulling from the actual canon books, <laughs> there's a chance that we will meet an avatar. Oh my goodness. You know which avatar I'm talking about. No, I'm, I, I'm not big brain mode at the moment. So uh, which avatar are you referring to? Spoilers for anyone who's listening to this. If you want to not know about avatars, or yeah, cover your ears or skip however many seconds this is. The boy who cried wolf. Oh, that's right. <laughs> media, media empire. That's why I'm like. Oh. oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Writing this down for future. I'm sorry. I screw, screwed you, Bakul. Oh, that's great. Max girlfriend is the she's a hex girl. We are making it official. <laughs> we'll come up with the name later. <laughs> that takes care of the weakness tag for the crew. Last thing that we need to do for the crew in terms of this creation before we get 
to the last bit is we need to come up with a mystery or an identity, either or for the crew. I'm going to say this. If I'm allowed to say the, say about what he did to almost plunge the city into, am I allowed to say it? It's your character. That's your right. choice. <laughs> yeah, he almost plunged the city into a gang war. Corey's just... not a good. Corey's not a good person. He, he's trying to be better, but he wasn't a good person. There's potential for redemption, is what we're saying. Why do we know each other? So funny. <laughs> And that's the mystery. Why do we know each other? That I was going to say, if I want to do the identity of to make this city better. Honestly, like, I'm cool with using that both. If we have a mystery and an identity, I'm cool with that. Oh. Why do we know each other? That's the mystery. And then the identity will be protect the city. Pr- What's the last question of the day? So the last thing that we have to do as far as crew creation is to define the initial number of help and hurt points. We're going to choose one random crew relationship options from your theme books, the theme books that you pick for your mythos and logos. You're going to pick one at the end of each theme book. There is a couple of questions as far as the crew relationship goes. We're going to go around, and Corey, we're going to start with you. So we have three. So obviously we're going to do two, and then I will work out with Devin how that works out. But we have Mac and Frederick. So looking through your theme book, who is your question going to be? Who is your first question going to be for? (laughs) I'm going to do Frederick. That's me. I'm going to say this. I would like to do one of them helps you keep your axe sharp. So like, so like you, you might be a cop, but I'm like, you can see it right there. That's how you can, it might not be part of the main game, but they work with them. Like showing them the parts that most cops don't notice. I like that. It's, it's Frederick calls it that helps or. Yeah, so ultimately, it's up to you, Josh, whether it helps or hurts. Oh, you see, the thing is, uh, Corey, you said uh, your character's getting up there in years, didn't you? Yeah. Frederick, he's probably maybe in his late 30s or late 20s, early 30s, maybe. So he, I, I honestly don't know how I could really help because you probably know a lot more about this city than I do. You get what I'm saying? That is true. I was like, how I said the question is, he like, to keep sharp for himself, he's like, over there those are the criminals who don't work for the gang, but they still help. Like, he's like, saying this to himself while teaching him and seeing if he understands with Frederick. That was my idea. He's telling himself to keep sharp, but he's also sharing the knowledge to keep up sharp. Hey, okay, I think I understand. Now, to interject a little bit here, because I like that idea, but it seems more that Corey is helping Frederick, and the way that I'm looking at the statement uh, is reverse. How is Frederick helping Corey keep skills sharp? <laughs> I know, keeping him on his toes almost, because being, you know, Law enforcement, ex-mobster will keep him sharp that way. That could work. 
Yeah, that could work. Now, when you say the potential to help or hurt, what exactly are we saying here? This is actually a good time to explain how the help or hurt works. Like I said, these questions for your crew can help or hurt each individual. So these kind of define how they sh- you shape the relationship with one of the crew members. If you want to help them, this kind of creates a sense where, narratively speaking, if something were to happen, all of a sudden, if you're like, hey, I would like to use my relationship with Corey to help me with something out. And so that gives you like an item, narratively speaking, or a moment where Corey's or your relationship with Corey would come into play in terms of being able to help you with certain situations. Corey can give you an item all of a sudden with like potential. So think of it as the best way to explain it. It kind of is like the lucky feat from D&D. You have a certain amount of points for narratively speaking, if you want to use that relationship to help you do that. Now, it works in the opposite as well, because that hurt relationship I could use to my benefit, too, narratively speaking, to make it harder. <laughs> like, for example, with the help, you could say, Hey, Corey, let me borrow your bat. Oh, I actually kind of like that. <laughs> so if you want that, then the thing for Corey, you would want to be help. So it's up to you. <laughs> I, I could change it to them just training at the je- dre- gym. For keeping sharp, they just train at the gym. So, okay, we'll say help then. Corey, what is your question for Mac? I'm going back in time. I'm using the myth this time. This is going to connect the backstories of our two characters. Once in a moment of crisis, one of them tried to borrow your relic. What happened next? I don't. Wow. Now I got to not wait. Now I got to think. That's unfair. It's unfair. <laughs> It's past my thinking time. <laughs> Technically, I, that's true. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I flipped the script. You did. You done do that to me. I will say, I asked for the baseball bat, and it probably wasn't even for anything serious. It was just like, go to the bar. Someone caused problems. Like, oh, I'll, I'll break them up for you. Don't worry about it. Can I borrow your baseball bat? And you said, no. no Very no. distinctly and definitively, No. Oh, so you're just deciding it's a hurt off the bat. <laughs> wow. I, and you, that, my guy, you know, Mac didn't care. He's like, all right, whatever. I'll just move them myself. I'm going to say that's a help. Because even with the no, you still tried to help. And, you know, that's, my, that's it. I'm a help there. So I'm looking at it as he can just, he was like, you know what? I could do this without escalating the violence or just pick up two guys and smack their heads together and say, all right, outside. I'm I'm giving the help there. Now we're gonna move on to Mac. So it's your turn. So who you want to start with, Corey or Frederick? <laughs> I did have a question for Frederick, and it was uh, do is his char- like just as a general statement? Is his character serious on the regular, or is he like like by the books, by the numbers, always serious? No, I am not. I am not the Frank Burns of the police force. He's serious when he needs to be, but he can still carry a light mood. Okay, that's what I was going to ask, because I didn't know if it was going to be, for him it was, like, our, the question was, like, our behaviors kind of work off of each other, 
but they clash once in a while. So do they clash or would they? Because he's like Max just he doesn't give a solitary shit. He's just living life every day. So it was like, do our like attitudes and personalities clash? Was the question. I'll say every once in a while, maybe it will clash, but that has to do with probably the stress of work. You just don't understand what I went through today. <laughs> if they clash, that was all I had was, do they clash? On the regular? I, I, on the regular, no. Okay. That was... So that leads more towards help. <laughs> now, Mac, your turn for Corey. What do you have for him? You know what? I'm going to turn it around on you, I think, too, because I had... <gasps> Scandal. <laughs> How could you? Easily. I just read the expression. What do we got? <gasps> it's expression. Have you ever seen him with the horns? I'm going to say he has, but he doesn't like bring attention to he did. He, he's, if he wants to tell me all about that, let him tell. Did it make you nervous, scared, or did you appreciate it? No, it's just like, oh, nice. It's, it's, it's like a normal Saturday for him. Okay. Alright, that'd be a help because it was if they looked at it was scared at the hurt or you know, taken aback, if they were appreciated it or were just didn't care, it's a help. So I'm like, I'm assuming that's not care. <laughs> it's a stuff. He's good. He's good to go. If, I'm gonna say this. I wanted to say no, but I'm like, character Corey has seen this stuff before, so of course he wouldn't be affected. That just leaves you, Frederick. So we just need to figure out for you what questions you're going to ask for Corey and one that you are going to ask for Mac. Where would you like to start first, Frederick? Familiar. We'll start with the first one and then we'll go from there. So first choice you can pick is one of them dislikes your familiar or made a nasty comment about it. And you take a hurt point to them. Second one, your familiar likes to play or hang out with one of them and maybe had a brief adventure with them. What happened there? Take a help point on them. And then last option, one of them has expressed concern about your relationship with your familiar. Ask them what they think about it. Are you mistreating your familiar? Or does your familiar have a bad influence on you? Take a help or hurt point on them based on their answer. I like the one where you mentioned maybe had a brief encounter. Your familiar likes a to play adventure. or hang out with them, <laughs> with one of them, and maybe had a brief adventure with them. What happened there? Who's this correction going toward? That, that's what I'm trying to think. So you have Corey, and then you have Mac. <laughs> uh, that's this question to Mac. Uh, I, I'm just so glad you picked Corey. <laughs> we'll say it makes sense the god of the wild things and animals why not that is true <laughs> puppy likes me <laughs> what kind of adventure did y'all have i have no idea <laughs> was not expecting that question at all <laughs> i was expecting it to be brought towards Corey. <laughs> believe me i was debating that <laughs> so it could have been like just a crime thing that happened or little investigation we just went off on a t just went off and caused a little bit of mayhem. Just a little bit of mayhem. <laughs> Y'all literally had like a dog's day out kind of situation. Yeah, I, you know, what we're going with is animal shape-shifting. So, Serpus was a dog. I was a dog. We caused a whole bunch of trouble. It was like, uh, 
So many fire hydrants for Pete on. So many. I can't even tell you. So many. Just so Corey just in the background. But yeah, I don't know. If, if we did, I don't know what we would have done. So many but... fire hydrants were peed on. So many squirrels were chased. So many yards were defended. Yes. <laughs> now, Frederick, does that suffice for you? <laughs> I like it. Okay, so that definitely is a help point. Which is interesting, too, because now Cerberus likes Mac. <laughs> Like me and Cerberus will talk about, hey, you remember that time we chased that cat? Oh, that's okay. So, stupid question from your master ceremonies, but Sarah Nunos can communicate with animals, correct? Yes, he can. Okay. I wanted to make sure. Literally, is this you're talking to Cerberus in dog language? She's like, you guys, I told you about this before. You can't be talking about us. (laughs) Could you please tell him to stop talking to me in baby language? It's so degrading. Frederick's doing that, and then he's like, yeah, bro, um, no. Who's going to maul that guy? Who's going to maul that guy? You are. You're going to maul that guy. Who defends hell? Who defends hell? You're defending hell. You're defending hell. <laughs> now, 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 here comes the inevitable question. Oh, God. All right. So now that we <laughs> use the, so we use the mythos questions for Mac, so you can use your logos, Frederick. You can use one of the, your three logos, which is training you could use turf or you could use possessions since i have no idea what possible uh, questions can come about let's go with turf once again there are a possibility of three so i will read them and then you pick which one you want to go with for Corey. first one one of them has the potential to destabilize the status quo in your turf Take a hurt point on them. Second option. One of them has helped you deal with a threat to your throne, whether that be external or internal. Take a help point on them. Third option. You once caught one of them operating in your turf. Tell them what you said. If they complied, take a help point. If they ignored you, take a hurt point. I like the uh, the second option there. It's the second option. One of them has helped you deal with a threat to your throne, external or internal. What was the threat to your throne, and how did Corey help with it? And again, this is a co- combination of the two of you figuring this out. Yeah, what was the threat? Corruption in the precinct that he would have connections to the Irish mob knowing about. Oh, that sounds so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I that if that's the threat, I believe Corey showed the example of the highest ranking of the corrupt. Just left his body out in the street, all battered and so police corruption. If both of you are good with it, that, is your help point. We are all weirdly good friends. That goes well, back to the uneasy, the <laughs> unlikely alliance, man. <laughs> it's hilarious. To- we're that group it's like why are we friends guys there we have it we have just finished character creation for city of mist to all the listeners out there thank you for tuning in to episode zero of knights of pain town a city of mist actual play podcast i cannot wait for you guys to listen into episode one where things finally get to kick off until then 
from me and my players here at the D&D Vibe Tribe Productions. Have a good night, and until next time, let the good times roll.